growth requires uh, both community and, and connection to share life and try to impart God's wisdom as much as possible. Really feel it's important for us at Samlo to be involved in such relationship. No longer was I just myself controlling my life, but that the, the Lord had a plan for me. There's still an element in me that wants me sometimes to do things myself for me to control things, but now I know that I need to really rely on Jesus and that he has the plans for me and it's not my plan. This is San Lo Together, a place where we sit down with members of our community at San Lorenzo Japanese Christian Church to chat, share, and just grow together in faith, in hope, and in love. I'm Chris, I'm happy to visit with you. Well, Sandlo Together family, today I'm really glad to meet with two guests for the first time, Frank Nakasone and Jeff Karaoka, uh, longtime members of our leadership team, and it's my great honor to serve with them on that team. And uh, over the last few years, I've gotten to see just how really down-to-earth, sincere guys uh, these two are. They love the Lord. They want to serve Him well by serving our church, uh, all of you well, with the gifts that they've been given. And I'm excited for you all to listen because this is actually a great opportunity for me, um, as well as you, to hear from them in a pretty different setting. Uh, I think sometimes when we sit down and meet and talk about a variety of things, we get so caught up in the business and the seriousness of uh, thinking over spiritual matters, uh, practical matters, all kinds of stuff that uh, sometimes we kind of just don't have as much opportunity to to reach back and, and talk about where we've come from. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing a bit more about how God has shaped them to where they are today. And uh, we get to enjoy that together. So without further delay, let's greet and meet Frank and Jeff. Frank, Jeff, how are you doing? Uh, this is Frank, and I am doing very well. Thank you, Chris. Uh, thank you for the invite and uh, all the work that you're doing on these terrific podcasts. Praise God. Yes, yes, good. It's been really good. Thank you for inviting both of us to this podcast, Chris. I I think we're going to have have an interesting time today. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm so glad that you guys both agreed uh, to come on. And, and we're doing a different thing here uh, with having three of us talking at the same time. Hopefully it doesn't turn into a mess. And I apologize if it is. <laughs> but we'll do our best. We're all doing this. Like all of the last year, we're all doing this for the first time. So we can have lots of grace for each other. Um, <laughs> um, but it sounds like you guys are doing well. Your families are doing relatively well. Um, I know there's probably been some ups and downs in the past year, but overall, everyone seems to be, for the most part, healthy, even though uh, various members are coming in and out of the house. I know that's true for for both of you, uh, uh, right? Um um, some of you are working at home. Some of you are having to go out to the office, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, this is Frank and I, I'm still going into work daily. Uh, our work is, um, considered, uh, vital. And, uh, so I'm trying to stay safe and not bring anything bad home to Betty and the boys. 
Yeah, then mine is the opposite in the sense that I've only been to the office one time since last March. I'm working from home every day. I'm on Zoom and I'm on phone calls or I'm on the computer all day. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say also thanks for joining because um, I don't think you, either of you were like saying, if there's one thing I want to do with Chris and Frank and Jeff is spend a few more hours on a Zoom call. <laughs> Since we we have our share of that time every every month a few times a month <laughs> so hopefully we're not too sick of the sound of each other's voices by now but uh yeah that's great um and um any you know let me let me ask the pandemic question i, I didn't tell you ahead of time i would ask this but i mean why not you know as we're just kind of catching up uh, have, have you engaged in any of the uh, cliche pandemic trends? You know, you, you, you bought a puppy or you bought a bicycle or uh, you started baking bread at home. Uh, <laughs> any of those things? Um, for us, uh, yeah, we, we have uh, done a lot more uh, uh, cooking at home. Um, we uh, already had a dog, but I've... Uh, one of my latest hobbies has been uh, flipping bikes. So I'll buy some cheap bicycles and fix them up and uh, either sell them or give them away. So um, bikes seem to be very popular uh, at the moment. Yeah, you, that's exactly the right time to pick up that hobby, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I won't ask you if it's been lucrative, just that you've hopefully had, in, had gotten some enjoyment out of that. Yes. Also, be careful about sharing that, okay? So now people know that you have mechanical skill with a bicycle, and <laughs> people who want to go to, like, Mike's Bikes or something and get service done might be having to wait weeks or months, but they could just call Frank now. <laughs> I'm glad That's you right. help when I can. <laughs> How about you, Jeff? Yeah, I think, you know, definitely we've been cooking more at home, you know, and doing that. And the other thing we've been trying to do is some days we can't, but we try to take a walk in the afternoon just before dinner. And so we've been doing that. And lots of people in our neighborhood are doing the same thing. You know? Yeah. So yeah, it's funny. It's it, meeting, meeting some people or seeing some faces maybe that uh, you didn't realize were in the neighborhood and we're just all emerging from our homes now. And it's like that. But like that five or six o'clock hour, especially I don't know if it's like, like that in your neighborhood. Yep, that's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> in the cool breeze of the, the early evening. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of families out and about. Um, on the San Lo front, I am uh, actually filled with joy that our people are making the time to meet together over Zoom and worshiping together, still worshiping together on Sunday morning. Yeah, it's been great. It, it's certainly had its set of challenges, um, but uh, just you probably heard me reflecting with Pastor Eric, and we've we've had our own conversations about how it's been a blessing. It's been remarkable that God has enabled us to pivot uh, to those those ways of being together fairly seamlessly. Like we didn't, we haven't really missed a service, and many of the small groups. Uh, have continued on fairly seamlessly um, as well. So that's, that's great to hear. Uh, there's still zoom fatigue. Of course we all have that, but uh, it's been, it's been great to have everyone together and still connecting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And I, I'd add on to that is, you know, the after service 
uh, prayer that we have on Sundays too. That's been a great opportunity to uh, get to know people more and to be able to pray with them and all. And, and many people that, you know, you didn't necessarily spend as much time with, you know, at, after service, you're now being able to spend time with them, talking to them and praying. With them. Yeah. That's been very good. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, I'm glad you bring that up, Jeff. Yeah. It's one of these things where, um, it, it was never in our plans. Uh, certainly if we hadn't turned, uh, to the online service and looking for ways to connect since we're not in person together, that prayer meeting would not have happened. And, um, we're connecting in deeper ways now than we did when we were present, physically present at the church building. Yeah, that's that's a great. I hope we figure out a way to continue some version of that, even after we we come back. Yeah, that would be good. Well, okay. I I, I introed the episode. I introed our audience, saying, "Hey, this is going to be a great opportunity for us to get to know each other a little bit better." And as much as the three of us have spent, as I was joking, many hours, unspecified numbers of hours on. Uh, Zoom meetings together and been in meeting rooms together prior to that. Uh, I don't know how much we've really talked about story and history. And, uh, and I definitely think there are things that folks just don't know at all about, uh, I guess, all three of us, but I'm focusing on you two today. Um, <laughs> uh, so maybe let's start with some basics. Um, Hometown, where were you born and raised? Uh, we've had a lot of guests, uh, a lot of folks who do come to San Lo are sort of San Leandro, San Lorenzo, born and raised, um, but not everybody. And I'm pretty sure both of you have a slightly different background there. Um, yeah, uh, Frank, how about you first? I Born and raised, not in San Leandro, right? No, um, I was actually born in Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, and well, my mom is uh, 100% Thai. Uh, we moved to Kaneohe, uh, Hawaii, which is on the windward side, the east side of Oahu, uh, when I was four. And my mom actually said that I spoke better Thai than my dad when I was young. Uh, well, uh, and, when you were young. So are you yeah, telling me you can't speak Thai today? I can't speak much of it at all. Oh, right now. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping to ask you to teach us something, but I guess, I guess not. <laughs> no, that's very unfortunate, but I, yeah. Um, she did go on to say that uh, she was very sad to move to Hawaii because uh, in Thailand, uh, she had three maids to help her with uh, my brother and I. <laughs> <laughs> but but your brother, the two of you, I'm sure you picked up the slack, so she didn't miss the maids at all, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, she said she cried many a day <laughs> or many a month. <laughs> well, then I, I have to ask the question too, though, right? You moved to Hawaii at a young age. Why would you ever leave? <laughs> um, I didn't want to leave, actually. And, um... Maybe we'll get to that. That's a That's a... That's a pointed question, but I, I would love to be in Hawaii right now. I'm sure you would too. Definitely. <laughs> How about you, Jeff? Uh, born and raised where? Yeah, uh, you know, actually, I was uh, born and raised in the Bay Area. Yeah, I, I my hometown is Hayward, supposedly. Okay, because my address was Hayward, but really, it's San Lorenzo in many ways. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, um, I I just lived a few blocks away 
from San Lorenzo. And actually, I, I live next to the railroad tracks. And so the other side of the railroad track was San Lorenzo. And so that's how close it was. Oh, okay. And, you know, my house was about a, a mile and a half away from the church. Yeah, so, real close. Um, yeah, well, those, those yeah. tracks are right there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah very close. And I, I went to San Lorenzo High, just down the street on Lamelli. So, okay. Did you did you go did you go away for college or part part of your career or anything like that or pretty much stayed in the Bay Area the whole time? Pretty much stayed in the Bay Area. Yeah, college was you know all around you know in a sense uh, going to Chabot, going to Cal State Hayward. I I went to Berkeley, you know, and those were the three colleges I went okay. to, and they're you know pretty local. Well, I I I like that. Not only uh, Bay Area, but East Bay. East Bay, stay, stay in the East <laughs> Bay. Sorry, okay. You know, my wife's from San Francisco. I have many good friends from San Francisco, but you, you probably heard me lament before about how people who, who are not from the Bay Area think it's all about San Francisco. But it's all about the East <laughs> Bay. The East Bay, okay. <laughs> okay, and uh, day jobs. How about, what, what do you do for your day job? Um, I, I'm relatively sure for those who do know Frank and Jeff, you, you may really only know them in the context of church, Sunday school, adult Sunday school, small groups, um, showing up to give reports and announcements from the board, but uh, you do have day jobs. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, maybe actually, let's start with you, Jeff. Uh, what do you, what do you what's your uh, what's your alter ego? <laughs> yeah, my alter ego is I'm a marketing manager, and I'm a marketing manager for Wind River, and we're a, like an intelligence uh, system software company. And, you know, we're known for the software that uh, we're proud to say that we're the software that's running the Mars rover. And we're also uh, the software that's part of the 5G technology that Verizon and robots and things like that, and, and actually some of the major airline planes. So... I do the marketing for that. I create marketing programs, and uh, my area specifically is the, the aerospace and defense area and the industrial segments. And so I do marketing programs that target uh, companies in those particular areas. Wow. Um, very cool. Very cool. So uh, I would imagine you a lot of what you got to keep up on is just maintaining really good networking and getting a sense of what's going on in these various industries so that you can help uh, make those connections between your company's products and what the needs might be out there. Yeah. I, I, I have to keep up and look at, look at a lot of material so that I can be knowledgeable on it and then talk with our people, our engineers and things like that to understand the, the needs. And then I have to be able to kind of translate that out there and, and, and in a sense of a marketing way to be able to talk about, uh, you know, they have particular needs, whether it's for an airplane or, or it's a robot in a, in a factory or even an automobile uh, for autonomous driving and things like that. And I have to be able to tie in what our product to do with mm. that and be able to highlight those things. Ah, it sounds really interesting. I, and uh, well, I got to pick out immediately aerospace, that, that industry, you talk about Mars Rover and uh, that we got a connection point right here, definitely between the three of us. So you you may have heard that I studied aeronautical and aerospace engineering uh, in college. Um, clearly, I don't do that for a living today. But uh, that was <laughs> uh, if you heard my story, I I I was really interested in going that direction, um, and uh, for a variety of reasons, didn't end up going into that particular that particular industry, but. Uh, 
I know that Frank has had some experience in that arena as well, a different part of it. But uh, Frank, tell us a little bit about what what's your day job and and maybe a little little uh, short history of uh, maybe some jobs you had before where you are today. Okay, uh, I presently work for Edray Products uh, as the director of supply chain and R and D. Edray is the uh, is one of the uh, world's top companies supplying um, <clears throat> excuse me window cleaning equipment and products, and we're headquartered in Alameda, California. I uh, do a lot of my day consists of doing a lot of three D product design. Um, also, uh, doing a lot of data crunching uh, to make sure that our supply chain is uh, in good health and that things are coming in and, and going out and just looking at a lot of logistics uh, aspects of uh, everything that comes into our company and flows out. And uh, I, I imagine there's, it's, it's kind of almost like a manufacturing engineering kind of kind of thing when you talk about looking at logistics and crunching numbers and things like that. Is that, am I reading between the lines there, correct? Yeah, correct. Uh, okay. We actually do about 25% of our products are manufactured here in Alameda. And then we bring in about 75% from um, China and other countries. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And, and I, you know, so I kind of was trying to poke you a little bit there. I, I, I mentioned aerospace sector and if i understand it you, you had a you had some some brushes with that in the past yeah i uh, actually got recruited out of college to work for an aerospace company and then uh it was uh this company called Rocketdyne, a subsidiary of rockwell international and uh, they were based in they are based in uh the san fernando valley of uh, los angeles and then, so we worked on the space shuttle main engine. That's one of our main products. And so it was a basically a rocket factory. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> um, does it does it sound more glamorous than it really was? Or, yeah, oh, okay. pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't have to tell people that. You can tell them how you know it's you 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 dealt with rocket science every day. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's that was the big thing when. Uh, we went out, we would tell people that we were rocket scientists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. And, and, um, I know I'm, I'm, I'm jumping around here, but I, I also understand it that, uh, you had some kind of, um, fun jobs at companies that maybe kids dream of working at, but, uh, you can also, you can also just like, being a rocket scientist, you can you can describe them as being more glamorous than maybe they actually were. It's up to you. Um. <laughs> well, I've had some rather interesting jobs. That, that's kind of my whole uh, moniker. Uh, I only wish the boys were around. You know, when I worked at Rocketdyne, or uh, when I worked at Walt Disney Imagineering. You know, on developing rides for the the theme parks. Uh, or when I was working at Mattel Toys and working on the Hot Wheel track sets, and, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, don't those jobs just sound like Frank got to play all day long? That's what. It, that's really what it was like, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the thing is, I I I've, I've taken them 
uh, to those various places just to show them that, yeah, I actually did work here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was good. It was a very, uh, I learned a lot of things. I I met a lot of people. I've uh, seen a lot of things. Just God has just really blessed me uh, with those interesting places. Well, it's, it's, uh, I'm sure it's, we'll hear some more from both of you just in your background as we, we get a chance to jump into your stories. Um, but yeah, thanks for entertaining me a little bit here and, and our folks who probably uh, had little idea of, of the world outside of uh, San Lo that uh, you all are involved in and how you're bringing light into those industries, those areas and uh, your companies and coworkers. So uh, thanks for sharing that. Um, and uh, maybe I'll just ask this briefly. We'll try to be brief because I really, I know I, we got to get to, I get to your stories and get into that good stuff there. But uh, one weird fact, anything, uh, I know, sorry, Frank, I kind of like forced you to already talk about uh, your your interesting career path, but any uh, particular interesting hobbies, facts, something that uh, you think folks probably wouldn't have guessed about you? Uh, well, I, I did uh, bring up earlier the, the part about tipping bikes, uh, but I do uh, <laughs> I do sell uh, and buy a lot of stuff on eBay and uh, Craigslist. And so. uh, I, I think the young people call that a side hustle, Frank. I, yes, I'm not sure side though. Hustle, I'm not side I'm not young and cool enough strong. to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the side hustle. For those of you who know what that is, I'm I'm not going to claim that term as my own. Okay, that's too young for me. It's too young for all three of us, but. All right, whatever that is, you have one. <laughs> How yeah, about you? And, you know, Betty, Betty uh, gets a frown on her face every time she, uh, after work when she hears the garage door open because I'm bringing something else home. <laughs> <laughs> something you found on like Craigslist or something, and you're getting ready yeah. to flip that out. Okay, all right. <laughs> Okay. Uh, how about you, Jeff? Something kind of uh, maybe off the wall a little bit or just something that uh, might surprise people? Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, I think that uh, a lot of people were surprised to learn that I uh, taught junior high and high school oh. for four years as my beginning of my career. That's originally what I wanted to do was to to teach. And so I got my credential and I actually taught in the, the Hayward School District for uh, three years and then I taught the last year in a, in a private school and and then that was then I you know moved on to the computer world a little later later, later on when it, it was having a tougher time trying to find a permanent teaching job and I guess the other thing that you know that kind of ties into what we'll talk about a little bit later is you know uh, when I was 12 my mother passed away from cancer mm-hmm. And as the oldest, I was kind of responsible for my brothers and sister. And, and then we had to do a lot of different things at home. And, you know, that meant uh, preparing dinner and doing chores and things like that. So that really kind of, uh, in a sense, shaped some of my early life and going forward. And so um, I think that's probably one thing that a lot of people don't necessarily think about. And makes me, a lot of times I think about how that affects my life as well as I think about, uh, you know, opportunities and sense that the, the Lord was providing too. Mm. Wow. That's really a good preview. I can't wait to, to jump into your, to your story and hear more about that. Um, yeah. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for both, both of you for sharing. And uh, we could, we could just keep chatting and 
shooting the breeze uh, as long as uh, the recording will last. But <laughs> um, let's uh, let's turn for a moment and and talk testimony, talk story, um, kind of the path that God took you on to be where we are today, coming to San Lo, and uh, really looking forward to sharing that. And uh, if I could turn back to you, Frank, if you wouldn't mind sharing with us a bit of your story. Um, obviously, it's a challenge to try to do it in a short amount of time here, but um, yeah, I'd love to love to hear all about you. All right, thanks. Um, <clears throat> first, I want to give a shout out to my wife, Betty, my sons, Luke and Mike. I love you guys lots. Um, also to my mom, dad, my stepmom, Jean, my stepdad, Leonard, my two brothers, uh, and their families, and my Hawaii crew, uh, Bob, Jay, and Steven, and my LA posse, uh, Gaki, Russell, Rick, and Kev, and lastly, my guys at San Lo, Lincoln, Sheldon, uh, Carrie, and Greg. I think I got everybody covered. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, testimony time. Um, I won't go into how I came to accept Christ, but I wanted to focus on... Um, several people that God brought into my life to help me grow or uh, who have had a tremendous impact on me. I truly believe that growth requires uh, both community and, and connection. And an interesting phenomenon is gaining momentum at um, San Lo. Discipleships are sprouting up like crazy. Uh, both my sons are involved in one-on-one -on -one meetings with older, wiser Christian guys. And I praise God for those disciples. And I also meet with a young adult to share life and try to impart God's wisdom as much as possible, uh, impactful things that God has shown me over the years. And I, I really feel it's important for us at San Lo to be involved in such relationships. Uh, and then I wanted to go over some uh, examples um, from my life. Uh, so the first would be my dad, uh, Herbert Nakasone. Uh, my dad is one of the toughest guys I knew. And uh, he played football and was a very good boxer growing up in the plantation fields of Maui. As the, uh, he was also the only boy in a family of seven girls. Uh, we, uh, my brothers and I, grew up with an older sister and the three of us boys, and I don't think my dad was really prepared for fatherhood. He is an introvert and rarely speaks much. He, choosing to, he chose to lead more by example. However, he was really into community service, and it was uh, logical for him to be an active member of the local Lions Club. He would literally drag my brothers and me to various service projects. And I vividly recall going to a blind man's house to put in a hundred foot long metal railing so the blind man could get from the road to his house easily. I remember it so well because I burned my hand on a welded section of that railing. He was always dragging us, my dad was always dragging us to various things like that and my brothers and I begrudgingly went. I realized later that he was trying to instill in us a sense of service, hmm. uh, trying to teach us that this life is 
not about getting our needs met, but uh, serving God and those less fortunate than us. And I praise God for this mild-mannered, quiet genius of a servant. Um, the next person is uh, Mr. Lester Yonomine. And uh, I was in middle school and my younger brothers played Pop Warner football for the local team. And Mr. Yonomini's son was also on that team. Uh, Mr. Yonomini befriended my dad and invited him several times to the Baptist church in Kaneohe where we live. My dad was a Christian from college, but uh, previous attempts to drag my brothers and me to church were met with intense opposition from us. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> so we had not attended church in several years. So I apologize, Dad. <laughs> because of God and Mr. Yonamini's faithfulness, uh, we started attending uh, that Baptist church where my brothers and I accepted Christ and were baptized. And today, most of my family members have a solid relationship with God. And my youngest brother is a pastor. My middle brother and I um, are very involved as church leaders. And my 85-year-old mom recently accepted Christ at my brother's church mm. uh, three years ago. So I praise God for Mr. Yonamini being a conduit for God's love and friendship to my family. Mm. We are eternally grateful. Um, next would be uh, uh, Nelson, Craig, and Troy. <clears throat> so I moved to L.A. after college and worked in the San Fernando Valley for Rocketdyne. Uh, I was a brand-new Christian, but I was lost in the big city. And I was uh, despondent after uh, my fiancé ended our six-year relationship. I was supposed to get married uh, long time ago. And attempts to visit local valley churches were, it seemed like it was devoid of warmth and care, in my opinion. So through a friend, God guided me to Gardena Valley Baptist in the South Bay, which is about a 60-minute drive from where I live in the valley. But uh, Nelson, Craig, and Troy they reached out to me, this baby Christian, and invited me to their weekly Bible study. I, I attended regularly, and I really felt a part of that group. I also learned a lot from Pastor Ron Matsuda's uh, Sunday messages at uh, Garnita Valley. He had an emphasis on uh, our secure position in Christ, uh, which continues to inspire me today. I eventually moved in with Nelson and Craig. I have such fond memories of the great times at that party house. <laughs> and I grew tremendously in my faith through studying the Bible with great friends. And after a few years, I began leading a young adult Bible study at Gardena Valley Baptist. And this is where my uh, leadership journey started. And, uh, but I really miss hanging out with uh, those guys, Nelson, Craig, and Troy. But I really thank God for their love and care for me and, and others. Um, next uh, is Captain Ron, I call him. <laughs> Through my many years of leading the young adult Bible study at Gardena Valley, I eventually hooked up with some GEMS young adult leaders, specifically the legendary Ron Sugimoto. 
Uh, Ron led the GEMS Mount Hermon Young Adult Summer Retreats for over 10 years. Uh, it was an enormous privilege to be uh, asked to be on his planning staff. Um, being on his uh, retreat planning staff was difficult and rewarding at the same time. As you got to see God move in people's lives at the retreats. It was also through Mount Hermon that I met Betty, my wife. Praise God for that. We were both serving on Ron's staff together for a few years. Ron was a great mentor to me. I marveled at his tremendous God-given abilities to manage the staff, the flow, and the tone of the retreat. I was eventually handed the directorship of the Gems Mount Hermon Young Adult Summer Retreat and led it for three years. Uh, in hindsight, I should have stayed on longer, but my plate overflowed with many ministry activities, too many. Um, lastly, uh, the Reverend Dr. Kevin Doy. <laughs> I also met Kev Doy through Mount Hermon, and we were in a small group together there and became friends instantly. Uh, when we met, uh, Kev was uh, interning at Evergreen Baptist Church in L.A., uh, Pastors Corey Ishida and Ken Fong, and uh, was soon to, Kev was soon to embark on a church plant. <clears throat> We'd meet regularly for coffee, and he shared with me many of the things he was learning about church planting and allowing God to heal our hurts and addictions. Uh, after leaving his first church plant, uh, Kev, another friend, and I started making plans, <clears throat> excuse me, to launch another church plant uh, sponsored by Evergreen SGV, uh, the same Pastor Corey. Uh, we started Evergreen South Coast in 1998, one year before Betty and I got married. Uh, the church eventually became Epic Church of Fullerton. <clears throat> Those eight plus years of church plant involvement were great and scary times of learning, growth, prayer, depending on God's grace and mercy. And, it was filled with an overflow of flying by the seat of our pants moments. But what a blessed ride it was. And moving to the Bay Area and leaving Epic Church in 2005 felt like leaving a child behind at an orphanage. It was so difficult. But that was over 15 years ago, so I believe I've grieved enough. These... Uh, are the impactful relationships that have shaped me prior to moving to San Lo. I hope people can glean some blessings from my stories of God working through these people on my behalf. And I hope uh, it will motivate folks to reach out to be a mentor, a mentee. As I said before, I, I really believe that growth requires community and connection. Uh, the last 15 years at San Lo will have to be explored on another podcast if I am ever allowed back. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, uh, thanks, Frank, for sharing. And, and I, I, I love how we kind of just got a bunch of vignettes and little stories of folks coming into your life and God using them to make an impact, to grow you, to guide you, to, to take on the path. And, and um, I love hearing about just a passion for discipleship and for mentorship and, and, uh, the truth that we, we don't grow alone. Um, it's near impossible to grow by yourself. And 
that speaks to what some of these ministries are about, why this podcast exists in part, um, is we need to be together and we need to find ways to be together. We need to find ways to grow our relationships together and to hear from one another and be influenced by one another's uh, experiences of God's grace, how his truth has been worked out in each of our lives. And uh, I definitely could hear that in, in each of your little stories there. And uh, it, it almost really does sound like folks kind of taking them, taking you under their wing uh, for a period. And, and then we see in the next stage that God pushed you to, to do some maybe things that you would have thought were crazy a couple a couple of stages or phases or years prior to that. Oh, definitely. Most definitely. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it, in regards to how I ended up at San Lo, uh, my wife Betty grew up here at San Lo uh, with Stan Naruo, Brian and Kathy, okay. Rod and Linda Hang as her youth leaders. Hmm. So some deep, deep roots there. Yeah. Her parents yeah. were active in the Nichigo department. And as I mentioned earlier, Betty and I met through Mount Hermon and had a long distance relationship for several years. Okay. Um, hey, that's uh, sounds like Brian and Kathy a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Many people have uh, gotten uh, together through Mount Hermon. <laughs> <laughs> that's for, for, for better or for worse. That's why there's a certain reputation that uh, Mount Hermon <laughs> yeah. had. Hopefully on the good end of finding <laughs> solid, mature relationships. We won't talk about, you know, how it, that there was uh <laughs> for the younger people when I was, I remember going to high school camp and uh, there were good things and bad things. So thankfully God has continued in his grace to refine <laughs> the Mount Hermon ministry to make it more and more fruitful. But it's, it's, it is a blessing to look back and be like, wow, it's, it's been fruitful for a very long time and God has only continued to refine it. Mm -hmm. wow okay well we that was that was epic i appreciate you sharing there frank and um we've been talking for a bit so so let's take a break and uh when we come back we will hand the baton off to jeff and i'm really looking forward to hearing your story as well jeff so uh let's uh let's step away for a moment and we'll be back in a few minutes on our show are instrumentals of songs by Jenny and Tyler as always Jenny and Tyler are a husband wife folk pop duo out in Nashville and you should check out their patreon if you love their music go to patreon.com slash Jenny and Tyler and you can see how for as little as a dollar a month you can join their community of supporters get access to some amazing music and hear more directly from them on a regular basis patreon.com slash Jenny and Tyler is where you want to go. And I'll see you there. I'm one of their patrons too. And it's a great way to connect with them. Oh, 
Okay, we are back. It has been great catching up and hearing from Frank and Jeff. And we heard uh, a lot of Frank's story there. And it was great to hear these, uh, as I was calling them, vignettes of folks coming into his life and walking alongside him and, and spurring growth and faith. And uh, before we jump into Jeff's story, I figured, hey, uh, the thing that we got in common, the three of us here, is we serve together on the leadership team. And uh, I, I, I think we always are real. Well, how do I put this? We frequently realize that a lot of people have no idea what it is that we do uh, <laughs> for right or for wrong. And so we got to we got to kind of open, pull the veil back, help people understand what it's like as we serve together and we have these long meetings and conversations together. So I thought, you know, you guys can take this whichever way you want. You can take it serious or silly or whatever. Uh, what do you think? What's, what's something about serving on the board, serving on the leadership team that you think would surprise people? All right. Well, let me go ahead and speak up first on that. You know, I, actually I'll give you kind of two, you know, one is that, you know, the amount of detail we have to go in on our discussions a lot of times in order to make a decision. And, you know, of course we're hoping the Lord is guiding us, but we just got to learn, know all the details so that we can make the right decision. But probably the one that I think people would find very interesting is we love to eat a lot of snacks during the, during the <laughs> meeting. The table is filled with snacks, and we're just eating during the whole two or three hours that we're talking. That is no exaggeration. Yeah, Jeff's not just saying that. That's a, and and you know Jeff's often the culprit bringing. <laughs> <laughs> he takes care of us. He takes care of us. He's always got something. And it's it's a variety too, right, Jeff? Like you have like something salty, you have something sweet. It's uh, just cover, cover the gamut. Anything you need. I want to cover everyone. That's why I try to make sure. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. What about you, Frank? What do you, what do you think? Something that would surprise people. Well, uh, the Sandlow elders are generally really united and on the same page on most issues. Uh, we actually like we really actually like each other and we get along well um, and so i praise god for for that um, this is an uncommon occurrence uh, from my in my opinion as most boards are very dysfunctional and spend a lot of time rehashing issues once thoughts settle so uh, we really get along we we enjoy being together especially since we have to be with each other on zoom for so long yeah we have no choice so uh... <laughs> <laughs> no i guess yeah that's true it's definitely true um and I, I i think along with that we're really different personality wise i think yes and and so it's it's kind of neat to see that uh we are able to come together and uh, we don't agree on everything but we're united on everything I yeah. think is one way I'd put it, uh, which is yeah. great. It's great. Like, and that's part of, you know, Jeff talks about going into details part of it. It's because that's exactly it. We're, we're covering a lot of angles. We understand that we each have some different perspectives that we're bringing to the table. And we, we, we really want to understand that and respect that. And, and that's part of us trying to walk together. So yeah. Yeah. Not to be, you know, too warm and fuzzy about it, but <laughs> <laughs> we like each other. I think so. I think so. Um, I, I guess since we're going live and, and on the record with this, I guess we should definitely say that, right? Yeah, okay. It sounds good at least. Yeah. 
That's I'm kidding. Right. It's true. No lies. No lies. It's <laughs> true. All right. Well, it's been great catching up with you guys. And uh, again, uh, great to hear uh, parts of your story, Frank. And so let's turn to Jeff. Um, and we got a preview early on. And I think there's a lot there. So it's going to be tough, just as it was for Frank, to try to capture that in such a short amount of time. But would love to hear your story, your growing in faith and uh, coming to San Lo and wherever you want to take us. Take it, take it away. Okay. Let, let, let's, I'd love, we'd love to hear from you, Jeff. Okay, great. Thanks, Chris. Well, yeah, you know, I guess I'll start off and just say, you know, I, I became a believer in 1984 after coming to San Lorenzo for about a year. So this year it's going to be 36 years. So it's, it's been a while, you know. Um, my family is Buddhist. We were part of the families that attended actually the, the Southern Alameda County Buddhist Church over there in, in Union City. And I attended church there as a boy along with my younger brother and sister until my mother died. And then our, our family still continued to have connections to the church and to other Buddhist church through the services that we, you know, we attended, with, whether it was a wedding or a funeral. You know, but we stopped really attending regular you know, worship types of services and stopped doing that once my mother passed away. And then, I, as I mentioned earlier, uh, my mother passed away uh, due to cancer when she was 38 years old. And I was just 12 at the time. And she had been pregnant with my youngest brother, uh, and they had discovered the cancer during her pregnancy. And because she was pregnant, they couldn't really do anything, mm. uh, you know, about it. At that time, you know, they didn't have chemotherapy for her particular type of cancer. And so it was radiation. And so they couldn't do radiation on her while she was carrying my brother. Mm. And so once he was born, then they tried to go ahead and start the treatments, but it didn't really, you know, wasn't successful. And so uh, she passed away when my brother was five months old. Wow. And so it was, then it was my, my father, myself, my uh, younger brother below me, my sister, and then my five-month-old five brother. And then my, uh, you know, we had lots of responsibilities. We had to just take all those things on and, and do it. My five-month-old brother went to live with my aunt and uncle for about two years. And so they took care of him during the daytime and or during the week, and then we would go pick him up and have him home with us over the weekend. And, uh, you know, he was, when he was three, he came back to live with us, and we had a local neighbor take care of him uh, during the day. And then uh, when my father came home, he would either pick him up or sometimes, you know, I would pick him up after I got out of school and bring him on home. And so, you know, we were pretty much, you know, trying to do things and help out at home. You know, we, I helped prep dinners and I was in high school and I would come home and get dinner ready for the family and stuff. My dad would do a lot of that too. We all did the cleaning and things and, but we still continued on with school and we, and we did different types of sports activities and, and I was involved in different school activities too. So we did a lot of things still, but we were what they used to call, I guess, latchkey kids then, mm -hmm. you know, so even my, my sister, who was in elementary school. We all had our own key and we just came home after school by ourselves and got in the house and just did our thing while my dad was working, you know, but we knew we had responsibilities and we had to work on those things each day and each week during the summer. You know, uh, I had summer, summer jobs and, and then my, actually my brother and my sister would watch after themselves during the day, you know, mm -hmm. while my dad was working, I was at work. So a lot of those things were going on. And, uh, you know, some people may, may think that's a really hard life, and it, it, 
you know, I don't really look at it that way. It really wasn't, it didn't seem to me like a hard life. I, but, you know, we just had responsibilities that we had to do and, and we just do. And all, and all those chores and things, we just continued to do those things. You know, but what came out of that was that I had this belief that I had to be responsible and I had to look after myself. You know, and, and I guess that happens when you're having to be able to, uh, you know, have this kind of situation where you got to make sure you're doing things on your own. So I looked at no one else was going to do those things. I had to do these things myself. Okay. And, but also I had a, a firm belief that family was very important. Okay. And of course, when you're looking after your brothers and sisters, those are things that I had to do. And, and, and so you gain that importance. But also what came out of this too, is I, I, I felt like I, I can't let opportunities slip by to do something for people or to be able to talk to people about certain things because I really kind of, I, I, I guess it's a little bit of guilt. I felt like I wished I had done more things for my mother while she was alive. And so I kind of resented that, you know, I didn't, and I was in some sense, you know, I knew she was sick, but I didn't realize she was going to pass away. Mm. And so maybe I didn't take advantage of things. So that's one of the things I now realize now it's important to be able to, you know, spend time with people and do things with people. And so uh, yeah, that's one of the things I like to carry on. I don't want to waste time because I kind of felt like life is short. So do the things you got to do and do, do as much as you can while you're around. Mm. All right. But, you know, I, I think what that did was, it, it, you know, the main thing is it, it, it made me just think that I had to do things myself and I have to look after myself. And so I think the opportunity during this time too, was that the Lord was looking at me and starting to, he was helping me during all this time. I, I certainly feel like he was there, even though I wasn't even a believer and I wasn't even thinking about God at this time. I feel like he now, when I look back, he was there and kind of looking after me. And even though my family was, a, was Buddhist, he was already had chosen me and was starting to look after me and guiding me. Now, I think really, if I, I when I talk about my testimony, Joanne, my wife, is really the person who introduced me to Jesus Christ and to the San Lorenzo Japanese Christian Church. I met Joanne at, at a wedding of a mutual friend. We sat at the same table and we started talking and all. And then I, the following week, I guess I sort of surprised her. I, I called her up and asked her out. And so we started going out. And she was teaching school at that time at uh, Colonial Acres Elementary School, which is, you know, about a mile away from uh, San Lorenzo. And um, it was actually the school, elementary school that I went to when I was going to, uh, when I was a kid. It, it was oh, wow. just a couple blocks from my house. So it's it pretty amazing. I was going to say small world, you know, teacher, teacher. I mean, there's a, sh a shared affinity for, for teaching and education. But on top of that, the actual school that you went to. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, it was very coincidental. And so she, she was actually friends with some of the teachers <laughs> that had been there when I was there wow. as a kid. You know, of course they were older now, <laughs> and she was a young teacher there. But it, it, it very interesting. So actually, some of those teachers later on they would see me at some things with Joanne. And they would That's, say, oh, I remember you. Uh, that, that must have been surreal for you. Oh uh, yeah, it really was. <laughs> <laughs> she even mentions that my youngest, br my youngest brother, when he was in elementary school, was there when she first started <laughs> teaching there. Wow. You know, so there, there's that circle of things that was kind of happening. But you know, 
we, we met at the wedding. You know, she'll tell a different story. She'll tell you that she actually met me at this party. <laughs> but I don't recall that. <laughs> okay. My embarrassment. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but, you know, that was one of the things that it, it did. You know, and we, we dated for a couple of years. And, and during, during this time, I could see Joanne's faith. And I knew she was going to church on Sundays. And, and we just continued to see each other. And then a, a time came and Joanne said, you know, she basically came out to me and said that if we were going to continue to see each other, I needed to consider being a Christian and coming to her church or we'd have to stop seeing each other. You know, she was very convicted. She says, you know, she knew that she wanted to be partnered with a Christian husband. And so, you know, I, I had to make a, a, a big decision at that time, at least, at least in, in the direction-wise, right? So I started to come to San Lorenzo with her. And I wasn't sure what was going to result out of that, you know, but uh, I felt like, okay, I'm going to at least do this. But what was really good was I began to meet the people at the church. And I already knew a few of them, you know. Uh, Valerie Sato, I went to school with her. Okay. Stan Naro, people may not know this. I was in kindergarten with Stan. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> so I remember Stan from that, and he remembers me. And so, you know, there were people there, but the most important thing was I met people that really helped shape me and guide me toward being a Christian. And like, there are examples like Lester Fuji, you know, and many people will tell you how friendly he was, but also how faithful he was. He was one of the people who talked to me and befriended me, and I really looked at what he was doing and things, and I really saw good examples. Joe Roberts at that time wasn't a pastor. He was just a, a you know, attendee at our church coming, a member at our church. And I would talk with him. I once shared, uh, we had a, a, used to do sharing on certain Sundays, and uh, they would pick a couple of people to go up and share their testimony or things. And and I happened to be picked one time with, with Joe, Joe Roberts, and he and I went up and we each shared separately on it. But listening to his testimony was just, just really so important to me. It, it, was, it, it, it affected me and made me really think, you know, this is what it is to really have the Lord in your life and be able to accept him. So both of those men were really important in guiding me toward the direction. And then Joanne's father, Joe Koromatsu, also was another example, too. He was, you know, a firm believer. He was involved in the church, and he would do a lot of things for people to help them out, for his workers and for other people. He would drive long distances to do things. And I just saw all these examples of good Christians doing things, and that started to build upon me. I could see that these were strong believers and, and that the faith they exhibited exhibited and the deeds they did for the Lord were just really good examples of what a Christian believer would do. And also at this time, you know, uh, you know Reverend Jim Toto was our pastor, and I, I met with him and talked with him, and Rod Yee was a, the youth pastor at that mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And so, and of course, he and uh, Coco were friends with Joanne, and so I, I got to know them, and, and certainly they were influenced there. So, you know, I, I could just see that, you know, Jesus Christ could really change a person's life. And that was one of the things that started to influence me. And then I, I started feeling like, you know, I wasn't the kind of, I, I wasn't in the position where I felt like 
my life is hurting or I'm really low or anything. But instead, I began to see how Jesus could change your life and how he could improve your life for the better. Hmm. So that's different. And, you know, sometimes people will tell you that they were, they, they were in a bad part of their life, and that's when they came to Christ. But instead, I was just, I was okay in a sense, but I saw how much it could improve my life. And that made it really different. And also I could see that no longer was I just myself controlling my life, but that, that the Lord had a plan for me and he was really in control. It wasn't me. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, from my experience growing up with, with my, after my mom passed, I, everything was more focused on, you know, me. I had to make the decisions. I had to think about things. It was me being in control. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I, I began to realize that now I really needed to rely on the Lord. And over the next year, I began to get closer to the Lord and, you know, Joanne was really helping me. She was helping lead me during this time. And, and she was really key to leading me to Christ. And, and she still is now. There's many times, you know, she'll direct me, say, why don't you pray more about this? Or why don't you do this? You know, so she is still that person that's there alongside of me, guiding me, you know, in, in my faith. Well, you know, I, I asked her to marry me in, in, in 1984, and I began to take membership classes from Raji. And Rod was really instrumental in forming what it, for me to believe and what, takes, what it takes to be a Christian believer. So a lot of the things that I, I think of about are things that Rod told me, that mm. <laughs> this is what you need to be able to think about. These are the types of verses you need to do. This is what you, you should be really thinking about. And gave me different types of things in order to help build my faith. And so I really attribute a lot to him on that. And that was a that was a major difference too. Mm. After we got, uh, I was while well, I was baptized in 1984, uh, December of that year, and then and Joanne and I were married by both uh, Reverend Jim and Rod uh, in 1985. So they were both key in our, our weddings, and Coco even played in the music for our wedding. So that tells you a lot of connection, and several other people were very much parts of our wedding. But you know, within a, a year after that. Um, small groups were starting up. And Konyo Kui came to me and asked if we could open up our home to a small group. And since so Kunio and, and Patty, especially Patty, had been Joanne's friend for many, many years. And so I said, okay, yeah, we could have a small group at our house. And a little bit, you know, a little hesitant at first. I was thinking, oh, we can have a Bible study at our house every week. Uh, but he came, and I said, okay, yeah, let's do that. And, and we started, we've been attending small groups ever since then. Okay, and and for many years, they've been at our house, and I led the group for uh, quite a few years, too, I've been doing. But Cudio took over the group again. He started off leading, then he turned it over to me, hmm. and, and then I started doing it. And then he came back, and he did it for several more years again. But small group, our small group Bible studies, as well as later on, I joined Bible study fellowship. Those have been two Bible study groups that have really gotten me to be in the word, to learn it and to experience it. And that has really been something that's helped me grow too. And you know, that's so I highly recommend that people be part of small groups. And I guess that at our church, it's very important to small groups, you know, and I think that it has provided many people uh, the opportunity to be in the Word each week and to be able to have the 
both a fellowship and, in a sense, a family, too, to be with. But, you know, what really is, you know, I look it back, and I main thing is I see that, you know, it's God's plan, and it's not my plan. And, and like I mentioned, it's, there's still an element in me that wants me sometimes to do things myself, for me to control things. But now I know that I need to really rely on Jesus and that he has the plans for me, and it's not my plans. Mm. And I need to be able to continue to be looking for his guidance on that and not rely on myself. And the other thing I have, I've really found that has been important is prayer. And so I really look at trying to, you know, pray about things and, and, and really take it to the Lord because I know that he's going to be listening and he's going to guide me. Now, he doesn't always give me the answer I want, as we all know, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know that if I turn to him and, and, and talk to him, then he's going to provide me with some answer <laughs> and not always, not always the one I want, but mm-hmm. also with the guidance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think, that, you know, when I look at overall, that's where I really see, you know, the Lord has been with me from the time I was a child, even though I was Buddhist, he was moving me along, helping me along. And then he, he just created that opportunity for Joanne to come into my life mm. and to lead me. And then coming to San Lorenzo, where I met all these important people. Well, I, I should just say they were just regular people mm. who became important to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an opportunity for each of us, right, mm-hmm. to be an influence on a new believer or somebody who's just first coming and seeking to be able to help them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, well, first of all, thanks, thanks, Jeff, and and I I love how right right there uh, we have that commonality in your story and in Frank's story, talking about the importance of God bringing people into our lives and uh, how effective that is. And I I hear you talking about um, how these these seeing these people and hearing the, their stories and being in close contact with them and, and developing these relationships that, that, uh, God was using that to make Jesus more and more appealing to you, even though you didn't necessarily have all the right vocabulary for it yet, or, you know, Bible study background or anything. Um, and that, that he was drawing you to himself through these relationships and then uh, as things went along, yeah, the, the words started to come and you started to see more clearly what's written in scripture and uh, those people showing it to you and you yourself finding uh, more of a desire to, to pursue that and to find groups and studies and things like that. Yes, yes, very much. Great job, Jeff. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, and I, you know, uh, I kind of chuckle. This was not um, planned that we would be emphasizing small groups and discipleship, <laughs> but it does. It does kind of sound like propaganda from the the leadership team for you to listen. And say, hey, everybody. <laughs> Hopefully, it just proves. You know, it's it's not it's not a program. Uh, none of us are trying to uh, institute a program. Uh, to make certain things happen, but uh, I think we we've all seen that God works in our family this way, and He's He works through these relationships and 
Yeah, I love reflecting on both your guys' stories. And I think of my own. I think, yeah, you know, the truth is I could describe certain parts of my testimony as, well, God showed me this and I realized this. And that's very true. But every time now, as I listen to you guys, I look back and there's a person. There's a person associated with each of those. And it's God bringing that person into my life and uh, being the one that kind of instigated that or sparked it or was used by, well, in both those cases, being used by God uh, to do that. Yeah, exactly. You never know what the Lord is directing us to do with other people. Hmm. You know, good stuff. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Um. Okay, well, uh, I've been asking everybody who comes on uh, this question. Um, I think I've asked everybody. Yeah. Um, so, Sandlow Together, that's the name of the show. Uh, and uh, yes, Pastor Josh. Thank you, Pastor Josh, for coming up with the phrase. But it's not a new phrase. It's not a new idea. And uh, you heard from Kathy last time, and we were reflecting uh, with her, uh, even today, we're recording this today, uh, after having many celebrations for her retirement, um, firmly rooted had the same idea. So we're just using different words. Um, but Sandlow together, that picture, that idea, that concept, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? When I say that, when I say Sandlow together, um, Frank, let's come back to you. Well, uh, thanks. When I think about Sandlow together, I'm reminded of our annual, semi-annual church work days, where so many uh, Sandlow servants uh, would come together to clean and tidy up the interior and exterior of of the church. There's lots of energy and smiles as everyone, uh, you know, we're doing their small part to help out on various projects. And my most recent memory is of making repairs to the front parking lot. Uh, Water was uh, pooling up in one corner and flooding a few of the parking stalls. And so Stan Naruo led the charge to dig a trench to properly disperse the water. Uh, And also present and and helping out were uh, Doug, uh, Inori and uh, the pastors, uh, Rod, Brian, and Eric. And we took turns digging, shoveling, and fixing the issue, which is still working today. Thank you, thank you Lord. <laughs> but th- that's uh, one of my fondest San Low Together memories. Hmm. Yeah, roll, rolling up our sleeves and, and working alongside each other and caring caring for the church. As I'm has a strong uh, metaphorical significance. <laughs> We're caring for the church building, yeah, caring right. for the church itself uh, mm-hmm. through through being hands and feet to one another. Yeah, mm. that's great. Uh, how about you, Jeff? Sandlow together. Uh, when you say Sandlow together, to me, I think the word that comes to my mind is family. Okay, and I, I and I say that with all caps, you know, family. <laughs> and I, I feel like we're a big family that cares for each other, and that goes all across all the families, all the ages, all the generations. You know, you know the fact that we have a multi generational church, and that there's families here that have been here for, from the early times of the church, as well as new people. We have 
families such as the Nishimurs who've been here in the Shinodas, the Sakatas, the Hasegawas, and even Joanne's, uh, the Korematsu family, you know, they've been here from the early times of the church, but many other people have joined over the years and new people have been coming now. And I feel like we're all a family. We, we care about each other and we look out after each other. We try to be able to support each other and we welcome new people into our family. And that's one of the things I think, you know, some of the new people that I've talked to, they're always talking about how they feel welcome at our church. And I think that's an important thing. And, and then recently, I, I think we all know examples of how we've been trying to help different people. Mm. Yeah, especially this year during this whole pandemic, we've been trying to help different people. And I, I'm hoping that, that, that everyone looks at this as that we're one big family and we're trying to care for each other. And uh, yeah, that's what comes to my mind as family. Yeah, amen to that. Um, that's certainly the story of uh, my family coming to San Lo and feeling embraced and part of the family right off the bat. And uh, it's it's uh, it's eerie how many times I hear people um, say that same story. Uh, you think it's a conspiracy that we're all trying to <laughs> propagate, but yeah, you know, without talking to each other and checking beforehand, that just seems to be the most common common sentiment that comes back and so yeah what a blessing that god has given us that and he's growing that love um and it's all based on his grace to us so yeah so great to to share in that life together and um great to share in the life with you too on our leadership team and uh the hard work that goes into that and i'm thankful for both of you and you you could hear it and i, I hope everyone listening you could hear it in their stories how God has shaped them in various ways. And I see it worked out. It's kind of neat. I, I kind of got to sort of sit back and listen and think like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense when I think about, you know, Frank operates this way and Jeff operates this way and just see that God has taken each of you through uh, relationships and circumstances, uh, giving you uh, lots of grace to grow from where wherever you came from and to serve one another now and for us to to share in the richness of that and to grow together so thank you you two thank you for your service and for serving the lord uh with me and with others in this community and let's keep it going stand low together thank you chris yes thanks chris thanks for doing the podcast and really just allowing people to share yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm glad, as I said in the beginning, I'm glad I got an excuse to ask you guys more directly and we could uh, <laughs> talk about it. And I get to, I get to hear more and uh, everyone else gets to share in that too. So um, hopefully I'll see you in person soon, but I'm not eager for more hours in a room to meet uh it's only slightly better than, wait no snacks okay i'm looking forward to snacks i'm like oh yeah definitely okay yeah, we have to have virtual snacks <laughs> yeah somehow somehow yeah we gotta figure out somehow to do that all right you guys are both really smart tech uh related folks you'll figure that out okay <laughs> thanks for coming on thanks for being with us and uh we'll be together again soon thanks jeff thanks Frank. thank you all right, thanks.